This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. All right, all right, all right. As my guy Matthew McConaughey would say, it is a Friday night. It is 7 o'clock this Friday night. It is actually January 21st, three weeks into 2022. Uh, doesn't seem possible unless you go outside here in Michigan. Then you know we are in the heart of January. Enter in February. Yes, I am four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty, here with the Darren McCarty Enforcer Show. Alongside, joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Shawnee Belegian. Shawnee B, how are you tonight, bud? Wishing I was in Florida, Mac. I, like, seriously, I'm, I, I, it's so funny. I, I used to love the winter as a kid. I, I just don't like being out it anymore. I don't. You know what, though? It's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times, though, like the cold like this and no snow, I have no use for. Zero. Right? You know, that gray or whatever. When there's snow, and I was listening earlier today to some people talk about how much three and a half feet of snow up in Munising, up in the UP and all that stuff for all my snowmobile friends and all the ice fishing. That's the best part. It's been cold, so there's a lot of fish going on, whether you're – Going out in the Lake St. Clair or up in uh, Bay City, that's where they're pulling out hogs. Just just hogs, like perch all day, walleyes out there and stuff like this. So I'm happy that people are enjoying and making the best of it, but it just doesn't seem. You give me, give me 25, 30 degrees, no wind, a lot of snow, let me go play. I'm good. So I feel the um, same way. Right. I mean, th- th- it's just this this gray misery. It's like knock it off, do something already. You know, you I, know I, I I mean, seriously, I I like I like going out and snow blowing. I'm I'm not joking. That's like that's fun for me. I used to love snow blowing when I was drinking back in the days. Two guys, <laughs> hey, two guys with a truck and a plow getting drunk. That's what we called ourselves. We did the neighborhood. It was awesome. Back in the day, let me reminisce about back in the day. But no, like you said, to be out and about and to do whatever else, those are always the fun things to do. You know what's worse, right, than thinking about, man, I wish I was in Florida? How about when your spouse and your wife's in Florida and then she sends you pictures of how beautiful it is and says, oh, it's a little chilly here at 72. Knock it off. Yeah, you know what, though? Knock perspective. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. But it is. So everybody out there, whether it is and, and the cold, I know we uh, we faded a, a snowstorm pretty deep that hit the East Coast and stuff like this. So everybody out there is doing their thing. We live in Michigan. We always joke. You got four seasons in one day. But it is what it is. And I think, Sean, as we get older, and maybe, um, maybe I'll bring Eric Dorch on the ones and twos into this conversation. Because you know what? Obviously, Brandon Blake did his proverbial, um, you know, gave us a little bit of a sauce since he's been working up, came down last week, said hello, but I'm not going to give you any slack, Double B, because it's your birthday, kid. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You know, Happy birthday. I hope, hope you're enjoying Good it cat. and stuff like that. So, um, Eric, do you, does your generation feel the same about the snow? Do you have use for it or like... What what what's this? <laughs> I, I I love the snow. I you know I you know growing up we used to go skiing every, every year and uh, you know you know all the sledding and that. And I I actually was one of those people that liked the snowblower and 
all that stuff. So I do. I, I'm the same way, though. Like, for me, if there's no snow, the cold doesn't need to be here because I, I have no use for cold. Uh, but I do, I do enjoy the snow. You know, Sean, a couple of things I wanted to touch on, and, you know, we're going to get into uh second segment. We're going to get into the Red Wings, uh, talk about, you know, where they're at as we're entering in all slash all-star Olympic, I don't know, reschedule. We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about the decision coming February. The NHL's made about testing for COVID, which I think is a smart thing. But before I get there, I want to, I want to regroup of, some of the things that you saw in the last week, you know, even in the last week's football playoff football games and stuff like this, was it just me, but we're talking about the cold. I brought up the point about Josh Allen and circulation in his toes and the big joke going around. I think he used that pill. I think he had circulation going because the performance of seven straight touchdowns against Bill Belichick in the playoffs and embarrassing different things like that. What did you think of that performance by Josh Allen? Because I thought I thought out of everything, right, Stafford, Stafford did what he needed to do, touch on that as far as this may propel him. Now this week's the big for him. But what about Josh Allen? I can't. Anyways, I think we can't hear uh, – Sean, a little bit right now. So um, I love the guy, man. There he is. Yeah, hi, right. how are you? It must have been I, a bad take. Must I have absolutely been a bad love the guy. Yeah, I, I think you know who you're talking to, and um, I, people are starting to understand if they haven't already just how stinking good he is. And he's one of those guys that, you know, I think part of the reason I loved him so much as a draft beat Nick. How many guys just hammered on him? He's not going to be a pro player. He's a gimmick and. All that guy does is go out and produce, and he's got that grin on his face all the time. That was awesome to watch. He dominated 21 to 25, 308 yards, five touchdowns, had six carries for 66 yards as well. I mean, just domination by uh, Josh Allen and the Bills. So, and that you absolutely. You know, one of those things that you and I know some guys need a little bit longer to develop. Some people out there are, as they call proverbial, here go the air quotes, late bloomers need more permeation. You're talking to one, one speaking right now, and I'm not a Josh Allen, but I mean, uh, the fact is, is that that's on potential. He keeps getting better and better. You know, guys like the Aaron Rodgers who has continued to play well, the Tom Brady's, but the Patrick Mahomes, but this 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 Josh Allen keeps on doing it. Now, to me, huge test, obviously, against Kansas City, which is the same sort of way as as did Matthew Stafford. I was talking about it this week, and I wanted to, wanted to take the Matthew Stafford a little bit. Of getting he the hardest win that he had to get, he got. That's his first win. First playoff win. First thing of anything is the hardest one to ever do. What do you expect from him this weekend? Can he take it to the next level and and be that guy that that the Rams traded for, gave up the future, made him the guy? Because this is a position that they wanted this guy for in this game. You know, it was interesting because I'm sure you saw McVay talk about how, you know, they they – 
didn't use Stafford a lot because they didn't have to use Stafford a lot. I think the circumstances are going to be different this week. Matthew Stafford is going to have to win that game against the Bucs, period, end of story. I think Tampa answered whatever lingering questions there were about what they do and do not have. They looked incredibly impressive last week. I mean, as we talked about on the show, it was Philly, and, and yeah, we were kind of disrespectful, but Lord knows they didn't help us uh, feel badly about that uh, kind of take and everything. But, yeah, it, it, no question in my mind, Mac, that Matthew Stafford's going to have to go out and win this game. You know what? I'm going to pay some bills here, but I'm going to ask a question, segue into it before we talk hockey. Is this game irrelevant that Tom Brady's on the other side when it comes to Matt Stafford winning, meaning is the Tom Brady excuse out of it? Anyways, I'm going to get the answer from the boys. When we come back here, AM 760, WJR. This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. Thanks for joining us here on this Friday, January 21st in the chilly Detroit uh, area, WJR, wherever we uh, broadcast and stuff. And, you know, the one question I had for Sean, because he alluded to, we're talking about Matthew Stafford and his playoff win, but coming into this weekend against old Tom Brady, no matter what happens, I asked the question, um, is the Tom Brady excuse available for Matt Stafford or is this win at all costs to change the narrative? Yeah, they got to win. Period. End of story. They got to win. I mean, look, the Rams made that deal um, to win the Super Bowl. Period. I mean, they, they obviously upgraded quarterback. I, I you know, I'm, I'm tired of people having that argument. It's, it's just a dumb argument. Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Jared Goff, period. <laughs> end of story. That's it. We're not, we're not having that discussion. But they didn't make that deal uh, to have a better quarterback. They made that deal to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, Mac, yes, absolutely, positively. Uh, I, I think that the Los Angeles Rams, from their vantage point, especially when you think about what they gave up in terms of the draft picks, that was about winning a Super Bowl, not about winning a playoff game, not about winning a couple playoff games. So ultimately, that's what it's going to be measured as. George, what do you think, Kit? Uh, no, I agree. This is if Stafford's going to, you know, shake that you know, can't win when the games matter. This is a game he's got to win. Tom Brady's been there, done that. He knows what he has to do to get it done. Uh, Stafford has great defense helping him, but I I think this is going to be the one game where Matt Stafford's going to have to turn it on. He's going to have to show that, you know, he's in that level with other guys in this league that are capable of winning games and, you know, trying to get onto that next level. So I'm hearing two things here. Do they just have to win or does he have to play well and they have to win? Right. You know what I'm saying? You look at last week, right? We're game plan and everything they did. But, oh, my gosh, I forgot Vaughn Miller was in the league until last week. And then I remembered, oh, my gosh, this is 2016 Vaughn Miller. And 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 Aaron Donald, who's if you watch Aaron Donald, that motor's always running. He's sick. But you know what? You know, Jalen Ramsey and stuff. And, and that defense, right, was a big factor. Now, Tom Brady's a different character than Kyler Murray. More, you know, obviously the cerebral part, but my, my question is, I so I guess is, is Stafford 
plays great and they lose as opposed to Stafford plays ho-hum, okay, maybe two two touchdowns, a pick, but, you know, they win. Does it, can, do you see how the narrative, what I'm saying I, oh, I is? I totally get what you're saying. And, I, and, and, and so so I think at the end, and, and so I'm going to caveat it with this, right? It's at the point where he's at, right? The fact that he's gone because they put the chips in, that it, it's when it all costs and it doesn't matter if at the end of the day we call Matt Stafford, Trent Dilfer or Joe Flacco, or whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. Sean, you nailed it. It's about the ring. It's about taking that next step and whatever it is. And here's the thing, right? And and how many times have you seen it in sports where there's sort of a buy-in from somebody who's always thought they had to sort of do it and be the guy to realize that they can't do it by themselves? And what's... What's their optimal play to be the best for the team? Because that's what I saw last week. I saw great coaching using assets all over the field. And that's the one thing that I think when it comes to here, when I'm, if we're going to pick Rams, Bucks, I think that when we're talking next Friday, Sean, the Rams win and the difference is some uh, coaching. It's McVeigh and the way that that the game, because that's the one thing. Not only did I mention earlier the fact that when you do something for the first time, and especially when it's something that you've been supposed to do, supposed to do, whatever, and then you make an adjustment, you go do it, like winning the playoffs. Now, to yourself, when you look in the mirror, you look at yourself a little differently. You realize what worked. And the fact that he went, you know, honestly – I think he was 13 for 17 with a phenomenal rating, touchdowns, great passes. I mean, o- Odell Beckham Jr. looks like Odell Beckham Jr., right? They'd look the continuity that we didn't see in the past that was going to hurt them. We sort of saw. And to me, all of that, and I just go back to my history and stuff, it's the coaching that starts that and the belief and stuff like that. Does that carry any weight, what I'm saying to you? Like that to totally. for any of the Rams Rams fans out there, I just gave him a hope in hell, you know, to, to go out and beat beat Tom Brady and whatever voodoo voodoo uh, voodoo he has. So that does that make sense, I, Mac? One hundred percent. Because I think one of the things that I saw after that game on Monday, especially around here, with the people that still want to continue to take shots at Matthew Stafford in any way, shape, or form is people talked about, well, well, Stafford didn't have to go out and win that. You're right, because he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He did what he had to do. He put up a nice stat line. It wasn't magnificent. He didn't make any mistakes. He helped his team win, period. Now he's got a playoff win as a starting quarterback. So I, I thought it was Bush that people were going to, you know, resort to taking that. But, I mean, isn't that the case? So many arguments today, people just move the darn goalposts anyway. Well, he wasn't dominant. Well, wait a second. 24 hours ago, you were talking about how he's never won a playoff game. He just won a playoff game. He didn't have to be dominant. It's just a, a, a silly, silly circle. There's no doubt about it. Do you put any stock into the collapse versus the Cardinals the last game of the year bounce back? Because that, that's growth, too. To me, that's locker room. Oh. To me, that's the fact that they had they had 
I mean, everything worked out, but they controlled their own destiny. Now it's sort of like, you know what? It's like you're on for a goal against or whatever, and, and they review it these days, and it was offside. Ooh, I didn't get the minus. You know, the game's not out of hand. You know, like that's that's the one thing is where the growth that I've seen in the Rams, not only the talent-wise, but it's sort of them putting it together at the right time. Yep. You know, no great. doubt about it. And, and that's, I mean, that to me, that's what it's about. You know, go win. That period, end of story. It, what, in if he goes and does what the game dictates, then then so be it. Then then we can all talk about wow, did you see Stafford? But if the game doesn't dictate that, why ask him to go be a gunslinger? It, it, it's just silly. What's no, going to win the that, game? That's what I care about. No, absolutely. So where you guys stand? Uh, I think uh, Tampa Bay's minus three. Tampa. Um, you got Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. Just too too much time. Exactly so everything that I said, everything I said <laughs> is plausible, but people, people are going to turn it into a Matthew Stafford thing. But I, I, you know what? I, I think Tampa's better period. Okay. Darch Tampa. Yeah, I agree. I, that look Stafford, that team is going to be good. And they, you know, this is the first year of him. So, you know, if he, if he goes and wins the Super Bowl, that's phenomenal. I don't think that's this yet. I think they're a year or two away, but this team's definitely going to get better every year. He's, under center for him. It's just as long as Tom Brady still is on the field, I can't not go, you know, with Tom Brady. All right. That's fair enough. Fair enough. But how exciting, uh, how exciting. Let's go to the other uh, AFC game. Um, Buffalo Bills uh, playing Kansas City. I love I mean, it. I love it. Now, does the over at 54 or whatever like this, does that, do you think it's going to be a shootout like that? Or is this one of those games that they predict high and because of the weather or something like, where, where, where's the way is this game going? I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kansas City starts out slow. We've seen it so many times and it maybe have to play catch up a little bit and thus shoots that over above 54 I that that's kind of the way that I look at it like oh oh we better we better get going because I mean even against the Steelers they they were slow but once it started rolling man it started rolling downhill fast and they're they're gonna have to I, I honestly I think they're gonna have to play catch up with the bills I really do okay cool Dorch, you agree with that I I, I agree I the, the, the question you think- me- sorry good so I don't know. I, uh, so we're playing catch up. So so do we all have think this is Josh Allen, Sean McDermott? This is Buffalo's time. I uh, yep, yeah right? no I I agree. I think I uh, my, that's the big question to me. I don't think this is going to be some thirteen to nine final score game. This is there are going to be points on the board here. The question is, can Buffalo get out to the lead and sustain the lead long enough to survive the eventual Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, attack that you know you're going to get. But that I, I, when I look at these guys, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are phenomenal football players. Josh Allen might be the best quarterback in the league right now. This guy is insanely talented. He's got all, so many great weapons around him that I this could be the year. This could be the year that the Bills really push for something, and I, I think they get past Kansas City. No, I like I like it too. They showed me a lot there, the way that they were prepared, and just listening to Josh Allen talk about and and to watch this team, Sean. It reminds me back of the nineties. Um, of our Red Wings team. So we're going to switch gears when we come back, but uh, we're going to talk some Detroit Red Wings. Uh, 
couple small announcements, a little bit of uh, waiver wire pickup, which is a family engagement we always like to see in the organization. So I know the Wings are just uh, puck dropped out at LCA right now, playing Dallas, getting ready to go in to the revamped All-Star slash uh, Olympic slash uh, let's fix the league up, play the game slash. Uh, we'll tell you what's going on with uh, COVID testing slash. Uh, when we come back, thanks for listening. Darren McCarty Show, AM 760 WJR. This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. Thanks for joining us here on this Friday night. And you know what? It would not be a Friday without checking in with one of the most positive people I know in the world. Yes, Mr. Positive, Greg from Shelby. How you doing on this Friday, bud? Great. Warriors. It's said to believe. It's said to be true. But only believe if belief is in you. Oh, D-Mac. Sonny B, the broadcast. Thank you. Um, How you doing today? I got to tell you. You gave me goosebumps. After Matt Stafford, when he won his first playoff, and then you said when he looks into the mirror, he's going to see somebody completely different, and he's going to know that Matt Stafford can win. Oh, my God, D-Mac, Darren, that was so profound about that because you are so right. When you look into the mirror after you've accomplished something that you didn't think you could, it changes your whole mindset. You don't realize how beautiful that was. Josh Elvis Allen going all the way. And, yes, Matt that. Stafford, I think, can beat Brady and uh, because of his uh, defense. You got uh, Donald. You got Miller. You got Ramsey. And I just think they're going in there with a different attitude, and I really think they can bring it to the uh, uh, Buccaneers. But uh, – I love my Josh Allen. I just think he's the oh, best yeah. out there, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, they all are. And, uh, Greg, thank you uh, always for the call. And here's the thing, right? As good, and we're not saying Matt Stafford isn't a, a, a good quarterback and stuff, and now that the fact that – and it's not about – and it's yes, it is about looking in and accomplishing finally something that, that you wanted to do, but also shutting everybody up, right? Go eat up. Bag of whatever donuts. you want. What I bag of donuts, stale donuts, <laughs> six day old donuts. Sean, chip your tooth too. <laughs> I love it. But uh, th- that's such a great point. So, but again, what Greg mentioned is what I mentioned: team effort, right? So, not only the Stafford, but some of the other guys. And and there's that analogy of. Looking at it that way, Sean, and, and here's my other one that I came up with this week that I just got to repeat because I don't care. I love it. It's like, you know, and, you know, and it's about the draft position. It's about having the argument about, you know, winning and how it hurts you and whatever else about the Lions picking second or whatever. The thing about picking second and winning the last game for whatever reason, the reality is, is there's one piece of steak, one piece of chicken, and one piece of fish at the buffet. You have second choice, meaning one of those is going to be off the menu when you choose. Now, I can sit here today and go, I'm going to pick the chicken. I'm going to pick the chicken. I'm going to pick the chicken. How do you know? Because when I wake up, I might want steak. 
And I hope that Jacksonville doesn't want what I want that day. And that's all it is. That's that's where it's at. It just eliminates a little bit of that sort of value. But, I, again, I love what Greg said. I love the positivity. And that's what it is. And at the end of the day, if you know me at all, it's about self-awareness, looking in the mirror. So, I mean, the Warriors. Let's – um before you know what? Um, the uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, made a few uh, few moves, picked up Jamel Smith um, who, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is Giovanni Smith's brother. Sean, do you uh, can you give the folks at home a little bit of background about maybe why Steve Eiserman went out and made this decision, or what we know uh, about this player? Loved this kid uh, in Owen Sound. He. Uh... Uh, I know he played with uh, Lil Burt. I think he may have played with him for a couple years, as a matter of fact, if if uh, memory serves me correct. And um, y- you know what? This is I think this is a good depth move. This is a guy. Is is he, you know, a star or anything like that? No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. But I, I think this is a good opportunity for him. Mac, like so many other guys, you know, I I saw him do some. Uh, Good things in his time in junior. I thought, in particular, his his last year in uh, in junior, he was uh, a really good player for Owen Sound, and then he got traded to London uh, for another one of the nights' uh, long uh, runs, and he, he had a, a a nice time there. But you know, again, uh, a star, no, but a piece of a puzzle, yes. And I think that's what Steve Eiserman has shown is. Uh, he he doesn't have to go out and get that star, uh, Mac. I mean, look at look at in in the process of all the years of what you guys went through where you couldn't do it. Look at some of the moves that Scotty made that yeah. weren't stars. Everybody wants to talk about bringing the stars in, okay? But look at how many hand in glove kind of moves there were that that added to that puzzle that completed that puzzle. Um, that's what I, I think this move is, uh, you know, is it, is it earth shattering? No, but I, I, boy, I liked, I liked Jemel Smith when he was, uh, in, in junior in particular, full disclosure. I haven't seen him a lot as a pro, but, uh, you know, still only 27 years old, Mac. Uh, I, I think he's a darn good player. So here's the thing, Sean, and, and, and different player than his brother, Giovanni, who, who more physical, uh, you know, up and down winger player like that. Um, you know, Jamel is going to eat up some time, but here's the one thing. And it just clicked to me. And this is my observation watching this. Oh, so now Steve and his band of merry men are plugging and playing guys that might fit roles. Hmm. When does that happen? When can you start to do that? Oh, I know. When you might think that you have a foundational base around what you have. So to me, him making a move like this, whether it happens in the future, but there's something, there's always something to it. Steve Eisenman doesn't do things just to do them. That's what Darren McCarty does. All right. And that's why Darren McCarty doesn't run the Red Wings. Right. But Steve Eisenman does it for a purpose. And to your point, it'll be interesting to see if guys can fill the roles. We talk about the Raymonds, the Siders, Nadalkovich's, obviously Larkin, you know, the Bertuzzi's and stuff like this. But what about the Nemesnikovs? Yep. Right? What about the guys 
you know, and, and, and we mentioned it earlier, and I think I've seen it as of late, is the, is the value of the Nick Letty in the lineup and just the calm that he brings to, to the back end, but also, you know, on the ice, setting up the, Dylan for the overtime winner in Buffalo and stuff like this. Like, there's different, this is where you plug and play. Now, doesn't mean these guys are going to be here when it happens, but if Steve Eiserman is starting to specifically saying, oh, you might be able to fit this role. That means that they're moving along a little bit quicker. Or I guess at the least, you could tell where he might think it might be a sign. Would you take it as a little bit of that so it shows you more of the progress? a good question. No, it, it is. But, you know, this is the thing, you know, I, I go back to this, Mac, and, and, and of course, it's easy for me to do because I, I was fortunate not only to watch when you were back there, but work in the league for many years. You know, Steve Eiserman was always watching games. And, you know, even though he was with Tampa, he was watching games. So in that time frame that I spoke of, where Tyler Bertuzzi was playing in Guelph and and you had uh, Jemel Smith in, in Owen Sound, Iserman was watching these guys. Bingo, I mean, I, bango, I saw bongo. him with my own two eyes. You know, I, I, you're going, Tampa's general manager's in the building. You know what I mean? And Marty, you're another one of your teammates, Marty LaPointe, used to show up as he was doing stuff for the Habs. I mean, so they've been doing due diligence on these guys. You're Max, Mac, seriously, you're talking 10 years now that but they Sean, know this guy. They've seen this guy. Sean, it's the same reason why I keep you around. Right. 30 years ago, 30 years ago, you could tell everybody how great I was and different ways that I dominated the OHL. True. What I mean, and I don't mean it. Yeah, I guess I do just to give myself some flowers. Um, but uh, the fact is, is that hockey guys don't forget. Nope. And this is something as far as you don't you never know. It'd be You'll never find out. But it's interesting because a lot of these decisions or moves to be made. And I'll give you one for an example. I know that Stevie must have liked Robbie Fabry for a long, long time, knowing that he was a first rounder to find a way to get him. You know, that's, that's the one that Robbie Fabry's the one that I will not give up on and not that he needs to be given up on or whatever like that. But that's something to me that Stevie you know, and whether it's the, the connection of the junior connection, which is great with Suter or Bertuzzi and stuff, but he went out and got him. He specifically targeted a guy, Robbie Fabry, because he knew that there was some potential there. Yep. I, I think that, uh, Mac, as I was talking, you know, one guy that I thought of, uh, you know, when they went out and picked up uh, Bob Rouse, right? Who thought anything about Bob Rouse? You Take tell everybody how important Rouse, Bob baby. Rouse was to that team, right? Hack and whack. Him and McCowan you, on the blue line. You got it. Off Baruby. They played against Baruby, Dale Hunter, and Chris Simon. And there's this, there's a great play. And all these, all that line wanted to do was just run guys. And Scotty played them against Jamie McCowan and, and Bob Rouse. Hack and whack. And there was numerous times where three guys would be crushing one of our, one of their guys to make the play and go down the ice and we take advantage. But yeah, Damn. those two guys, man, you can never, that is an epitome. Great statement because big as a house, Bobby Rouse without, without him, he was a stalwart back there that you forget about. So um, we're going to take a break. My favorite part of the, uh, of the show, uh, the segments is what's 
on the barbecue at Sean's house. Now, Dorch, do you got do you got the overnights this week? Do you got the microwave? Yes, I do. Oh, wow. I don't really care about it, but I'm going to listen to what you have in the microwave, too. <laughs> Anyways, when we come back, thanks for joining us. David Carney Show, you 760. I'm such a... Yes, I am. WJR. This is the Darren McCarty Show on 760 WJR, where Detroit comes to talk. Now here's Sean Belegian and Detroit Red Wings legend, Darren McCarty. Well, I hope you have a fabulous weekend out there coming into it. And one of the segments that I love is, is uh, I don't know why it's more important than anything else, but uh, uh, the fact maybe because Eric Storch isn't invited, but... Shawnee B, ooh, what's on the barbecue this week? And we know from last week learning that the smoker and stuff has to be very well attended to in cold temperatures and stuff like this. Are you throwing an audible? Maybe doing a do they do, like do you do a crock pot or maybe a lasagna or something? Or are we? Are you going to teach us something new here on this Friday night? No, you know what? I'm I'm doing a little bit of both. I I got some sausages from a place up in Tawas, and um, they're Ooh, they're tremendous sausages. Oh, Tawas is so underrated. One, like honestly, one of the most underrated places in our state. Um, but I know a guy up there sent me some sausages, and uh, so I'm doing a variety of sausages, sausages, and sausages, and I'm uh, I, I'm doing wings on the smoker. Ooh. And here, here's oh. why I'm here's why I'm doing wings, Mac. Okay. Because I don't need the constant temperature with wings. Uh-huh. If, I, if I can keep them in a general area for a couple mm-hmm. hours, they're going to cook. With something else, if I have the rack of ribs on there, if I, you know, you need that constant. I need that at 205, and it's got to be plus or minus a couple to get to where I want it to be. With wings, you don't have to do that. If I leave it on there for a couple hours and it it kind of vacillates between uh, say 160 and 180. If I give it a couple hours, they're going to be ready. If I have to crisp them in the oven, I'll do it, which I usually do do. But uh, wings and sausages, uh, that that's going to be the uh, game day fair tomorrow. That would be, you know, this is probably a question for our boy Davey uh, Hubbard up at the butchery in uh, Kego Harbor. But would that be because with chicken wings, um, you're dealing more with the size of the cooking unit so once it cooks through because i'm a big fan of day old chicken wings and heating them up and throw them in the air fryer or whatever like that because once you get them cooked then it's more would that is that pretty much the yeah i mean because they're they're especially the flats the flats are going to cook pretty quick they are right and and it only takes smoke for so long like after a certain time it doesn't take any more smoke so you're just not adding any more smoke flavor to it it's just about making sure that you get to temp. And what I usually do is I, I put them in at 200, uh, usually for an hour 45, and it's perfect. I'm not going to have 200 for two hours. No way, no how. So I'm just using two hours as a rough barometer. They'll be fine. Man, I love it. I should be telling our boy Neil Rule because he's the laziest man that he tells me, and that's this sounds like on a cold day with the smoker, you can't go wrong with ribs as long as you follow, you know, the minimal. Well, Eric, uh, moving from the smoker to the microwave. Uh, say, after listening to that, does anybody even care what I have to say? <laughs> like, this I, just... I care because I'm more interested in it. Is it pre-cooked meal? Is it did you go and chop it up? Or were you, did you go into, you know, we got some devours in there? What's uh, going on? Actually, Trying to get you 
TV dinner deal, bro. Yeah, no, I uh, this uh, this week I chose to not do that. Uh, this week I have I have I was here last night, so I have uh, some leftover uh, Thai food. But uh, the wife made uh, tuna salad today, so I'm having that. And then tomorrow she's gonna make meatloaf. So I'm just gonna be living on leftovers for the next couple days. So uh, that's Let what I got going. Well, that, that okay, good. I like I like to hear uh, I like to hear that and stuff like this. Eric, here we got a few minutes. Yeah. What is your the PGA golf season has started off again. Yep. Um, Hideki Matsuyama hit a three wood in a playoff. That was amazing. I sent that to Aaron, and I just told, I was like, I it might be the start of the year. That might be the best shot of the year with what he did and how he did it. With a three wood, it was absolutely phenomenal under a pressure situation in a playoff. This this guy is rapidly becoming the best player on the planet with what he can do well, on a golf course. Here's my question, late, and it, we're just to wrap it up. What I wanted is because uh, you know that they're doing the Hawaii mm-hmm. um, circuit. You saw Ash Tarbatari, the 19 year old lefty. If you haven't seen this kid, this kid is too cool yeah. for school, right? He, um, this kid. You know, graduated studies early, whatever, 19 years old, just in front of the world. But my question to you right now, because I think you should do this, Hideki Matsuyama, major winner this year. Yes. 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 So I, uh, I you, don't think he repeats at Augusta. I will say that. But I, I with how he's playing right now, uh, you, we, you, like, you like this guy a lot. I think he's in Jordan Spieth mode where Jordan Spieth had that really hot stretch and was playing well. I think that's what we're seeing out of Hideki. It's going to carry over between two years, but I could definitely see him being at the top of the leaderboard in almost every major, and I think he I think he racks up at least one. Now, I can't compare Hideki Matsuyama to Matt Stafford because he's won a major already and stuff like that, but <laughs> stuff that he did, winning the major. No, no, but I mean, yeah. winning the major, getting over the hump, doing something to the next level. This this hitting a three wood in a playoff in a pressure situation after you've done something where you've looked in the mirror and and have that self confidence to do whatever. That's why any of you golf geeks out there like myself, throw throw ten bucks on uh, Matsuyama to win win every major. Uh, I don't think uh, it, it's too much of a long shot. Sean, as a um, as a you know fan of sports and stuff like that, he's a, he, he could be a polarizing figure but did you see the shot Dorch and I are talking about absolutely yeah like what it's and here's the thing we've been watching this kid a long time right it's like watching Sergio a long time Rory this and this but there's something that to me looks like that's a different guy the way he carries himself like there's confidence there that there wasn't before well, and it's interesting because how often, I mean, you, just a couple of the guys that you mentioned, they, they didn't become what you thought they would become, you know? I think this guy is going to be that. And I really do. I, th- I think he's got the potential to be one of the greats. The whole time you were saying that, Matt, or uh, Mac, I was thinking Sergio is Stafford. That's that comparison. We're so close, just couldn't do it. Finally was able to do it, and hopefully we're going to see that out of Stafford eventually. Well, you know what? And again, some guys just take a little bit longer, but I mean, it's uh, it's exciting. And here's the one thing uh, before I send this off is that I hope everybody has a great weekend out there for Sean, Eric, Brandon Blake's birthday party on Stair McCarty. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend, folks. Deuces.